0: and this is Cherry. And this is Kat. And you're listening to Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Kat. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently when I have a cold, I also cannot talk. That's not good for podcasting. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today we are talking about The Nun 2 uh, from 2023, the year we are recording this episode. Um, (laughs) Spoiler free synopsis. This is a sequel to The Nun. Um, Essentially, our uh, protagonist from the first movie, can't remember her character name, oh, Irene, played by Taisa Farmiga, apologize if I pronounced her name wrong, um, has to encounter The Nun again and deal with her and defeat her. Surprise, surprise, you got that from the title. Uh, She gets to where The Nun allegedly is and as usual, things go awry. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Things sure. go
1: awry. Um, so. Spoiler synopsis. I had actually forgotten everything about the nun one, so but don't know. worry because they just tell you in the nun two. So it yes. doesn't matter. <laughs> in fact, the plot twist is the same plot twist as the first one, which is that the helpful servant, male servant, Maurice is possessed and it's his fault for being a man and man, around I the guess.
0: <laughs> for being a man yes. around the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: there's uh, there's there's a whole side story about, you know, a teacher and her child and bullying girls, but yep. and and a a nun from Mississippi, but none of it is really important.
0: Nope, not at all. Uh,
1: because it's the same plot twist and then irene triumphs again at the end
0: yep. that's that's it that's, that's it. it that's it <laughs> so if you haven't seen this yet because this movie is still pretty fresh um, at the time of this recording at least um either go to the movies and see it support your local mo- support your movie theaters because i will be it'll be a sad day when movie theaters no longer exist um i just love big screens <laughs> um but you could also It is also available on streaming, some streaming services for the, like, pay $20 to watch it sort of thing. So, whichever way, you know, we're about to spoil this movie a lot. It is still very new. So, if you are bothered by spoilers, pause this here. Take some time out of your day to go and watch this movie wherever you choose to watch it. And then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. All right. Hey, nice. Yeah. Um, So, I also had forgotten literally the entirety of the nun, the first one, even as much as not realizing that farm that baby Farmiga—that's what I'm going to call her, so I don't mispronounce her name. Uh, that baby Farmiga was in the first one. I did not remember that at all. <laughs> but yeah, the, like, me neither. But mm-hmm. the, like. One line synopsis makes it very clear that the person, that someone, that the person from the first movie is going to encounter them again. And I was like, oh, who is that? Which character is that? It's the one, it's her. Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, I did the same thing. I didn't realize it was her until I got the flashback sequence super late in the movie. And I'll tell you why, because I assumed it was going to be Vera Famiga. And because she's in everything yes. that James Wan does, yes. but also because I looked up the end of the first nun Mm-hmm. has Vera Famiga in it as Lorraine Warren. Right,
0: right, right. And so
1: for whatever reason, that was my last impression. And so <laughs> I went into the next movie expecting her to pop up any minute and be the protagonist secretly.
0: <laughs> so um, watching the trailers, every time I saw the trailer, I knew this was the second The Nun movie. Um, you know, everybody knows The Nun is it's a spinoff from the... Um, Wow, the Ed and Lorraine Warren movies. Which ones are the? It was The Conjuring Two. The Conjuring, yes. She's a spinoff from The Conjuring Two, and once, she, once you have her in The Conjuring Two, like they they make hints about the nun like stalking Ed Warren repeatedly throughout. Actually, most of the the movies after that, um, yeah. right? And so I didn't remember the nun one at all but was still like oh this is cute is this supposed to be like a prequel where baby farmiga is playing her sister's character but like a younger version nope she's a completely different character they don't even interact <laughs> like i made i made a whole backstory that didn't that didn't exist at all <laughs> and so what does that mean about the first nun movie that i that neither of us remembered any any parts of it
1: <laughs> it was just i remember that when i watched it because we watched that in theaters together
0: we did yes
1: <laughs> that i just left it going god that's so generic like it was the most generic horror movie with you know involving the catholic church that you could possibly get it was just yeah. it checked all the boxes of of the copy paste ai generated chat chatbot bot gp gpt yes like it did not it did not have any standout moments it did not have any standout performances no didn't have any standout imagery certainly the story wasn't it just was sure a movie that i paid you know whatever 15 bucks or whatever we pay for (laughs) movies nowadays for and i left and i was like i'm not mad but neither do i feel like this was a valuable excursion. <laughs>
0: same, same. So me and my husband watched it together last night. Because you know, if I'm going to pay twenty bucks to watch a movie, uh, we're going to both watch it. <laughs> gonna, yeah. You know. Um, and at the end, he was like, "So what'd you think?" And I was like, "Well, it was a movie. I'm um, I'm not mad that I watched it, but I um also I am not changed at all either. <laughs> like, it just, it just that happened, and that is, and we are moving on with our life. That is it. That's all. All I can say." <laughs> Um, and, yeah, it's not until the flashbacks that I'm like, oh, uh, oh, she's the recurring character. I will also, though, thank them for doing so many flashbacks because, as you said earlier, it didn't matter that I didn't remember the first one. They literally tell you everything that you need to know. From the, You can literally watch this one and not have watched the first one at all. They tell you everything you need to know in order for this movie to make sense by itself. So thank you because I needed that.
1: i just like i i don't know i have sometimes i just want to know who writes this shit because like i I, we've we've had like it's been so in the news with the writer strikes and everything else with you know that there are these hardworking writers in hollywood and i don't want to say that there aren't and that they don't deserve to be paid a living rate wage because they do everybody does but also sometimes i'm like who the fuck is paying you to write this shit like, who is paying <laughs> you to write this? Because if you don't know, most screenplay writers get paid a percentage of the movie's budget. Like, that's oh. how they get the negotiation. Oh, wow. This is this is an exception for... I mean, they don't do that everywhere. Like, indie movies and stuff clearly don't do that. But in general, that's been the industry standard for, like, years. So, what? at least for movies, like... Who is paying you whatever, uh-huh. like, hundred thousand dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars? Because this thing had millions dollar, millions dollar budget, budget right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who is paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars? It had a 38 million dollar budget.
0: Oh, that's gracious. That's a lot.
1: Right? So, I mean, at the very <laughs> least, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not mm-hmm. a cool billion split three ways because there were three different writers. Like, I don't even know. But who's paying you this fucking money to churn out this garbage? Like, this is, this is so, how do you get this job? How are you sticking your foot in the door? And how, how is it that everyone who's in charge of signing over checks that these producers are going, yes, these guys, let's not look for anything better. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what, what is happening? What is happening? Because like, The quality of the writing for almost every new movie that I've seen that has come out of a major studio in the last, like, five years has been complete trash. Mm -hmm. And James Bond movies have never had good writing. They've never had good writing. No, they haven't. This is a nadir. And I get that he's just the producer, but that means he's signing the checks. Like, he's like, this is, come on, man. Like... Out of everybody who's come up to you and been like, "Hey, James Wan, I bet I've got a horror script for you." Like, th- th- this guy is who you pick. Like, one. these guys are who you <laughs> picked? Okay, they literally just fanficked the first movie.
0: Like, there was, there's just nothing. Yeah, there's no, there's new. no twist. There's no surprise. There's no, and I, and I don't mean that to say that. And I don't mean like, oh, because we watch so many horror movies, we could find all that. No, literally anyone. It doesn't matter if you've never seen any kind of thriller, horror whatsoever. This story was very very cookie cutter very much like we're going to follow all of the rules of storytelling and plug all the things in here and there's our script there were no surprises there was there was not even a there was no there was not a single jump scare um i don't even think there was anything that was supposed to be a jump scare for real because every time anytime we see the nun the camera so focuses on that one spot for so long that you're like oh she's going to be right there cool thank you thank you for telling me in advance long before she shows up. (laughs) Like, where she's gonna show up. There was, I was like, can I get, can you shock me at all? No, not at all. Not once. Didn't even try. James Wan movies have always been that PG-13
1: baby horror. Right? Baby horror. But this one was such baby horror. Like, there was no blood. There was no scare. There was just no surprise. It was,
0: it was just very
1: like obvious atmosphere of horror with no actual horror there was no and then you know right there was no climax to this story and I think what really irritates me is when I was I mean they make it extremely obvious from literally the first scene that Maurice is in that he is possessed like they make it very clear Mm -hmm. he is constantly stopping and staring or like getting tense for no reason like it's But even if it wasn't, this would still just be a retread fanfic of the first movie because the first movie ends with uh, the Famiga sister, (laughs) Irene. (laughs) Yeah, Irene. With Irene triumphing over the nun and banishing it from the possessed Maurice, okay? And then they go off happily into the sunset, but then it cuts to Ed and Lorraine who are uh, doing something, something spooky, and no. <laughs> Lorraine has a vision or sees a, a video of older Maurice, because this is in the future, uh-huh. being possessed and doing some possessed shit. So we already know from the end of the first movie that the dude is still possessed. Yeah. So then when he's still possessed in the second movie, there is no surprise. There's no plot twist. It's literally just a continuation of the first movie with yes. nothing uh-huh. new and interesting happening. And I will say that James Wan has this thing This thing against guys, which I think is very weird, where it's like the love interest guy always be doing some weird shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know the first Conjuring was like, I don't know. I think that the Ed and Lorraine movies are so egregious to me because they are based on kind of true stories in that it's based on Ed and Lorraine Warren's like diary of what they say happens to stuff. But half the time, if you read this stuff and go into the real cases, it all looks like not good. It looks like domestic violence and it looks like Mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like the the, mm-hmm. the mom from The Conjuring in real life probably had some severe postpartum depression. Like, yeah, uh-huh. that's she just had a baby and then she suddenly wants to start drowning her kids. Like, uh, okay. It <laughs> felt like postpartum. I don't <laughs> okay, maybe it's a demon, but also maybe you need to go talk to a doctor.
0: Maybe she um, needs therapy. Maybe that would help. You know?
1: <laughs> and then this one was very much like you have this one man around all these young girls and this teacher. And I i couldn't really tell, but was it implied that the teacher had the girl out of wedlock and that's why she's at this thing? I think
0: so. I think
1: that was, I thought that that
0: was the point. The yeah. Vibe. She's a single yeah,
1: so, mother. Yeah. Right. So she's like, you know, a woman of loose morals for back in the day in the Catholic church, right? Which would also explain why they bully the shit out of her kid because Mm -hmm. her kid's a little sin baby.
0: Yep.
1: And you know, this guy is hanging around the girls, is hanging around the mom, he yells at the kids, it just becomes... And and he has that simmering rage of the girls being like, you're just a servant. And it just felt very icky to me. And I was like, you know, if you pull... If you look at the bare bones of the script in the situation, and you pull out the supernatural bits, like if I was the person running the nunnery, nunnery? What is that? that? It's not a nunnery. Is it a nunnery? Convent? The convent. Yeah. (laughs) Get these two nunnery. I feel like that's also correct. It is. It's very it's very Shakespearean, but it is. Okay, I can do that. Uh, I feel like if I was the head person who does die, but before I died, I would be like, you know, this guy seems sus. Like, he maybe does. not every guy.
0: He does, and he I, I know we were supposed to be on Maurice's side because he is possessed, and so his behavior is not fully his own, but just like, you know, those teenage girls, because they were teenagers picking on, like, an 11-year-old, um, <laughs> like, them constantly being, like, calling him the daughter's boyfriend like they were it's because they were noticing something that apparently the adults didn't notice or care about and I'm like I I get it he's not actually doing anything inappropriate with this girl but the way like every time he's caught alone with her I was like mom doesn't that look sus to you (laughs) that like your daughter is standing here with this man and why is he the one comforting her why when he like when he finds her like locked in that chapel and he saves her and these other girls are there why isn't he just like come on let's go find your mom like that's never his first move come on let's go find the headmistress his first move is always i'm gonna comfort you i'm gonna be the one to make you feel better to me that is very sus i don't like it i didn't like it not one time it
1: is And the most generous reading that you can get out of it is that he's doing it to get into good graces with the mom. Like, that's the most generous way you can put it. Because even if he's just doing it out of, like, the kindness of his heart, he's paying so much attention to
0: her that it's weird. Too weird. Very weird. Yeah. Especially for there to be, not that I would want him to go after the older girls either. But, like, there are older girls at this school. And he is still, it was just weird. It made me uncomfortable the whole time. And I was like, are, I'm, I'm yeah. talking up to bad writing. I saying.
1: chalk it up to bad writing because I feel like there are movies that I have seen or like there are people in real life who can have a good platonic relationship as an adult man and a young, younger female, yes. you know, as like a child, like an uh,
0: uh, uncle's and niece relationship, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like that is kind, something I've seen. Kind of unrelated, but it reminded me in the at the time of... Um, Oh gosh, the one with Anya Taylor-Joy where she like is the chess player and I can't think of the name of the show right now. Oh, Queen's Gambit? The Queen's Queen's Gambit. Gambit, yes. When she's at that boarding school, she has a relationship with an older man but it is completely platonic. Like he teaches her to play chess. She like goes to him when she's like upset and doesn't want to deal with the other girls but it is very clear that this is like an uncle, niece, father, daughter relationship. Like at no point did their relationship seem inappropriate at all. And I was like, why doesn't this feel the same? Like why I feel like Maurice is supposed to be written like that. Just an older guy who happens to be nice to this girl. And that's all it is. He's just being nice to this girl. There's nothing else there, but it never once felt like that. And so I, I either needed them to make it more clear that it was just platonic, that he was just a good person. And that is all, or make it more clear that he is nice to her because he likes the mother. That was never very clear or. Maybe it isn't an inappropriate relationship, and it's because he's possessed, and the demon nun is, like, trying to get him to do something inappropriate. Maybe that's it. But, like, pick a lane and go clearly into that lane. That's what I needed from them. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do it.
1: I mean, and then the end implies that he's still possessed anyway, and he's probably gonna go off and, like, rape-murder this woman and her child, because we know (laughs) from the prequel that he is super possessed in the future. So, like... This whole yeah. movie, this movie did the thing where it's a prequel that doesn't matter and I hate that. I hate that. Like, the first <laughs> one, you weren't totally sure that it was a prequel that wasn't going to matter. You right. didn't know till the end. But this one, we went into it knowing at the, at the from the beginning to the end, Maurice is possessed and will end up killing people. Like, that mm-hmm. is the, that is our thread. And it's going to happen again. And that's exactly what happens. And so, I hate movies. I hate movies where the whole point of it is that there was no point that it was a completely like pointless venture and that's exactly what this movie was this whole this whole episode could have not existed because the end result of marie still being possessed in the future and triggering the warrens whatever it's exactly the same so there was no why should i be invested i already know that he's going to survive i already know that they're gonna think that he's better because then they're gonna let him go off into the world like there's no stakes in this for me Mm -hmm. and I think that James Wan has gotten really scared of killing anybody important oh and I think I think part of that has been because he's been using the Ed and Lorraine stuff and obviously they're the heroes so them themselves and their their direct clients who are the protagonists or whatever are not going to get horribly irreparably damaged or killed right like they're just not in the story structure it wouldn't work for their heroic narrative so none of the none of the ed and lorraine conjuring type stuff nobody important ever dies it's always some small periphery character that nobody gives a shit about Mm -hmm. like the headmistress of the the nunnery or whatever right And, and everybody else just gets kind of scared nobody even gets like really hurt you know, maybe they get knocked unconscious in some magical way, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> um, I did. I'm trying to think of parts that I liked. What did I like about this? Um, I kind of liked the girls, even though it's just tiny and random. Putting the roaches into the headmistress's office—that was very <laughs> uh—that <laughs> was that was funny because she was your typical like hated headmistress of the school doing her job but none of the girls liked her like that was very normal um i is there only one teacher (laughs) so like the door the girl's mom is the only teacher right there's only like three adults on this whole campus and it's the headmistress the teacher and then maurice right i mean i assume that there were
1: supposed to be some other nuns there's more there's too many girls for them to be there to only be one teacher. There are a lot of girls,
0: fear. right? But we only ever see one teacher. Yeah. And then they send them all to class. They can't all be in the same class. Like the girls bullying her are definitely at least at least two or three years older than she is. Right? Because in my mind, they were like, 14 15 and she's like they felt older. Older, yeah. they felt older um especially because they were dressed different i I was wondering if like maybe the fact that dre- their dresses look more mature than hers because hers still had a bib was supposed to indicate a little bit of an age gap there um but i was like where are the rest of these adults even at the end when like everything's going to so you know everything's going to hell and falling apart and they're being attacked as a whole building you still don't see any other adults I was like where are the other grown-ups where are the other nuns where are the other teachers like who cleans the building who cooks the food for the kids like
1: they needed to have fewer children like because they could have had the the I mean this this you know how many how many orphan girls get dropped off at, at, at uh, monastery or at nunneries nowadays right, right. like not, not that many so I mean you could have had a three adult campus if you had seven girls
0: yes. And yes. then the
1: seven girls, it could be six older girls, all deciding to pick on the one. Yep. You know, like it would, have, it, it would have been about the same because that's about the same number of girls that actually got any screen time and weren't uh-huh. just like running around right in the background. That's so like you true. could have paid fewer, could have paid fewer actors this way. <laughs> it didn't make sense for them to have that many children and to have that little supervision. Like right. they constantly were losing children. Like, they didn't know where they were in the building. They didn't (laughs) know what they were doing. Like, they locked in chambers and shit. Like, they had no idea. No idea. Um, So, oh, I liked seeing uh, Riley from The Last of Us again. That was nice to me.
0: Me too. She was good. Again. Again. Because she's a good actress. It's not right. What happened is not her fault.
1: (laughs) It's not her fault.
0: The part is dumb and.
1: Yep, she was the only one talking like a human being the whole movie, which made it very jarring. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> everyone else is everyone else is speaking in very
0: careful tones.
1: But that and was then supposed to be like, her like
0: American Mississippi like. <laughs> was it was supposed to. Sound? I feel so like that she was I feel like it
1: wasn't supposed to be modern day, and she was a little. She's a little modern. She was a little modern. She, she was talking like, "Yo, I am from actual Mississippi." Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not buy her as a period piece.
0: No, not at all. Which would be her fault? Because again, the director is supposed to be like, try it like this.
1: <laughs> yes, this is this is the director's fault.
0: The director's uh, and
1: I found it. I, I, if anything, I found it refreshing and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I, like when she pops up on the train, she's like, "Yo, we're going on a train trip," and she's. <laughs> I was just, yes. felt like she basically
0: said it just like that.
1: <laughs> it, it felt. It felt like somebody else invading the genre (laughs) like (laughs) yo I'm going what's
0: up (laughs) (laughs) I liked their I did like her as like Irene's like backup person I appreciate it because she's so like she was very down to earth and you could tell that like no matter what Irene told her about herself like Debra, that was that was her character name. Debra was like, Mm -hmm. like, Irene, you're my friend. I'm down for you. Whatever you say, I'm going to believe it. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Like, you know, the fact that Irene basically tells her, yeah, I could, I can see things. I can see, you know, I have a, I have like a vision kind of sort of thing. I'm clairvoyant. She was just like, oh, okay, unfazed. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, okay, I got it. You can see visions. I'll believe your visions. Good to go. Let's keep going. Not not (laughs) right. Didn't bat an eye. Didn't back down. Um, anytime they were attacked, she you know, you knew Deborah was coming to help out however she could. (laughs) At her back. At her back the whole time. (laughs) So that's the friend you need. Um, I liked seeing, I guess it was a goat. De- not really a goat but yeah like, yeah at the same girls- last
1: thing right
0: yes the the whole goat thing with the red eye and then like how the girls at first were like yeah the rumor is that the light shines through the goat's eye in the same glass it, it turns red and if you look away you what you'll see is an actual like goat demon or satan in goat form and then later uh when they're like locked up in the room and Deborah is like what is that and the girls are like it's the devil because they the girls truly believe that like there's a goat devil walking around their campus that you can see if you look at the right time, right? And then later for them to be like trying to run upstairs and there to be an actual like black demon at the top of the steps. I was like, thank you for those connections because now these girls are going to forever believe (laughs) that like (laughs) they legitimately saw the devil that night. I was a little confused as to how there was a black goat demon with them at the same time that Maurice was still possessed. But I didn't overthink it. Nope. Hmm. Let, letting that go. <laughs> <was> like, is, <laughs> is this not the same demon? I don't know. Too many questions. Not going to think about it. Oh, I had a question. But it's about the first movie. And you don't know either. <laughs> not, ask so it. It's the, the universe. it is the universe. So in this movie, the nun is looking for the eyes of that the patron saint of the blind because i can't remember i think oh saint lucy patron saint of the blind and earlier in the movie um irene explains that she's the patron saint of the blind that they tried to like burn her as a witch but she wouldn't burn and so before they actually killed her they gouged her eyes out and then god you know makes her a saint or however people become saints i don't know how that works i'm not catholic but So she's patron saint of the blind because she lost her eyes. And then that ties into that being what the demon nun is looking for are those eyes. Because, you know, maybe she's like an angel who was cast out. And so she's trying to gain back some of the power she had as an angel. Okay. Um, That sounded super familiar to me. And I don't know if that's because that was also what the nun was trying to do in the first movie. Or if I've heard of the patron saint of the blind and these eyes being special from somewhere else, and I meant to look it up. But I feel like that was what the nun was doing in the first movie, was trying to find this artifact. Except in this, in part two, Irene explains it as if it's the first time she's discovering that. But she's the only character. But she's our character who is like encountered the nun before and knows how to defeat her. That's why the priests send her in the first place. Is because you've already dealt with this. You know what you're doing. So go and find her and like defeat her again.
1: I don't think that they. I don't think she was look the that the nun was looking for anything last time except like possess the shit out of people. Yeah. But Irene had to go on another quest to find, like, a vial of Christ's blood or something to seal her the first oh, time around. Oh, okay, okay. So the, the like, last-minute exposition dump, go look for a conveniently close-by <laughs> uh, holy relic yeah. was exactly the same as last time. It's okay. just that this time they, they said that both the nun and
0: the girl needed. it. Right, because for Irene, it helped her fight the nun. Yes. Whereas for the nun, it was the, the thing she was looking for. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Um, I also liked the, and this is getting to the very end at this point, but I also liked the callback to that conversation that Irene and Deborah have about praying over how priests pray over communion wine and suddenly it's the blood of Christ. It's like so easily a throwaway conversation, but it's like the linchpin to the entire movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, Because without that conversation them praying over the casks of wine at the end wouldn't have made any sense and i was like oh i was supposed to care about that (laughs) (laughs) along with the fact that way earlier in the movie some of the kids are playing in the in that same room and one of them says why is there all this wine here and the girl's like oh it used to be a monastery and all of the priests were drunkards or something like that yeah and it's like oh so this i was supposed to put to, like so this wine is like the key
1: <laughs> it's the key yeah it was neat that they foreshadowed that a little bit they did yeah. a little they did a little bit of foreshadowing they did five minutes of fore- foreshadowing this yep. two-hour movie <laughs> two
0: that didn't need to be two hours we could have cut some things
1: i hope they got a good check for being in that movie i do too Not for writing it for being in that movie
0: like that delivery girl earlier who gets killed, who Maurice kills, like as yeah. he's possessed. I was like, that poor girl. Cause like, no one goes looking for her. They don't, they don't, we don't see them discover her body, which means no one goes looking for her. <laughs> she just gets like murdered in the school building and no one, they never talk about it. You never hear the girls being like, oh, they found so and so dead in the, nope. Do they find her? Who knows?
1: I don't know. I just, it's very, I don't like it. It's very domestic violence. It's very like (laughs) this guy has done some shit in his past Uh and he has met a woman down on her luck who uh, feels like she doesn't have much of a choice in men because she's got this out of wedlock child. And, you know, he's a little weird with the kid. Yeah. But, you know, at least he's paying attention, you know, paying attention. Maybe he's trying to be a good dad. I mean, yeah, he just murdered this delivery girl. But, you know, (laughs) maybe and maybe also the head. I I can't tell if if he murdered the head or if the nun murdered the head without his body as an intermediary. But right.
0: Because. They don't show us. They don't murder, right? No, they don't. Not really. I mean, like, you don't see you see her being struck, but you can't see like hands or anything. I, I think the implication is that Maurice also does that. So he he kills at least a woman, a
1: woman and a half, maybe two women. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but she's special. He loves her. He he stopped his his uh, violent tirade because he cared so much about her. Right. He had like a hesitation <laughs> moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Talked to his local nun, Irene.
0: Irene. <laughs> He'll go
1: off with them and and. Uh, behave until he murders them and becomes possessed again. Yeah, which we already know <laughs> happens in the first movie. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel weird when. I mean, horror is always like an allegory for scary things in real life, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. fears of a parent losing a child, or or whatever. Like, there's always like implications in horror, but I feel like. Some of these are a little too on the nose, <laughs> and uh, and this one was a little too on the nose for me.
0: Just a little bit.
1: <laughs> it's funny because it's coming on the it's coming on the tail end of our Amityville horror episode. <laughs> yeah. With some pretty similar themes, and if you'd like to listen to it, it's
0: on Patreon. <laughs> uh, yeah, Patreon. Go find it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i didn't i didn't love it i didn't hate it i'm not mad that i watched it um i'm very confident that if at any point a nun three comes out i will not remember what happened in this one or the first <laughs> okay. well i think the nun
1: three will be the next conjuring because the next conjuring's subtitle is the last rites Ooh. so i think we're still making it's-
0: these? There's another conjuring. We're still doing this? As long
1: as they make money. Look, they're going to saw this thing to death. Like, as long as this franchise makes money, they're going to keep churning them out every year. And they're going to get increasingly <laughs> worse cheap. And money laundering. I feel like there's they're money laundering at this point. And I asked, and I'm gonna pay to see it. So what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. And then at some point, we're gonna be the only ones watching this goddamn movie. Yeah. And they're gonna quit making them. (laughs) That's always what happens with these horror movies. Is that there's always a couple of like meh, okay, not (laughs) even hardcore fans. Just the meh, okay. It's a horror movie. I'm in. I'm in, <laughs> and when there's not enough of us to keep the keep the genre afloat, then then, <laughs> it, then it it fizzles out and dies dies a slow death. So I feel like <laughs> the conjuring is going the going the Marvel way, where one of these days, one of these days, they're going to quit making them. But today is not that day. Today
0: is okay? not that day. <laughs> <laughs> see, but you can't call a movie "colon" the last rate right if it's not the last. But we'll see. Oh, come on. I thought the one before that, The Devil Made Me Do It, was the, gonna be the last one. Cause it was bad that mean, was that was barely Ed Lorraine at all. They're gonna they're going to
1: Miyazaki, how <laughs> Miyazaki <laughs> this franchise until so, stop making money or James Wan gets hit by a car. Like nothing... tired. Just kidding. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't doing it. They're they the sweet siren call of huge amounts of money for mediocre scripts is just too
0: much to to bear. Well, I'm going to say this. If James Wan is listening, I mean, he's probably not, but let's just say by magic, he hears this. If you're going to make crap movies, they have to at least have some funny parts because that is all that got me through Malignant was that some (laughs) parts were hilarious and they were hilarious on purpose. We got to do, we we need it. I need it. I need that part. I need it at least be funny somewhere. If it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad and funny. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. Take the note. Take the note. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was
1: the nun too. Yes.
0: Not even a creative title.
1: (laughs) The, The second seconding. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for
0: listening.